Hello again, still with me here in studio our Green Party MEP Kieran Cuff, Mairead Farrell of Sinn Féin and Michael Healy Ray, Independent TD for Kerry. And we've also been joined in studio by the Chief Commissioner for Human Rights and Equality in Ireland, Sinead Gibney. And I want to go to you first on this next item, Sinead. We've heard just this morning the Department of in- Integration saying that everyone has been accommodated uh, so far, but things are very tight. And that's the issue of uh, asylum seeker accommodation we're looking at. We heard this week a warning once again from government that those arriving in the country seeking international protection in the coming days may not be provided with accommodation and the Minister for Integration said the challenge of finding accommodation was again at crisis point. What's your response to that? How do you view that? Uh, Well, we're very concerned about it and I wrote to the Minister uh, this week to express that concern and to set out that uh, the failure of the state to provide accommodation is a breach of our international obligations Um, and we even had a High Court ruling earlier this year in April when this happened uh, seven months ago um, which which reinforced that and said that um, failure to provide international protection applicants with material reception conditions was an o- unlawful and that it was a breach of their uh, dignity under the Fundamental Rights Charter. What constitutes material accommodation? Because we know in the past that tents have been provided. Does that fit the bill? Well, if tents are going to be provided, they have to be short term, but they also have to be kitted out in such a way that, for example, during winter, that they are going to provide enough warmth, safety and security. But crucially, they are only short term. And what we're not seeing, unfortunately, is the medium and long term planning that is required for the government to move these people onto uh, better accommodation options. All right. Do you have any sympathy for the the workload, the, the, the fact that there's a housing crisis ongoing in terms of the government having to triage people's needs when families are in hotels, asylum seekers are arriving? We've had unprecedented events in the past. Do you think that's taken into consideration when it comes to our obligations under European directives and uh, international law? Um, I, I do have sympathy and uh, I've been on record saying that these are two separate issues. The direct provision emergency response predates this most recent set of um, uh, crises, if you like, um, as does the, the housing crisis. So I appreciate that the conditions are not um, uh, favourable for, for housing, larger numbers of, of uh, refugees and people seeking international protection here. But that is not, uh, that doesn't in any way negate our obligations. These are treaties which we have signed up to and failing to comply with them is a breach of, uh, of our commitments. Um, and I would also say that what it highlights for me is that there is still too much being placed on one department on this. We are not seeing the whole of government response that we require to act really effectively deal with this. We are not seeing the communication nor the leadership either that we are dealing with. And all of this relates very directly to the conversation you've just had before the break about the far right. What we need to see is uh, leadership from the government and a whole of government response which really talks about this at the same level that they talked about COVID really. I mean this is the numbers we're, we're dealing with and what we're facing as communities across Ireland needs the leadership of government and I, I'm, myself and, and our organisation and all of civil society have said all along that too much is being placed on one department and one minister to deal with this. Alright, uh, he's a party colleague of yours, that's Roderick O'Gorman, um, Kieran Cuff. There was rep- there were reports of a row at Cabinet where it appeared that uh, Roderick O'Gorman was perhaps seeking more help from the Department of Housing. Does that point towards the fact that there is is a lack of a whole of government approach when it comes to the Department for Integration being able to access adequate housing for people seeking asylum? 
Well, I think it's crucial that everyone puts their shoulder to the wheel on this. And uh, I appreciate uh, the words from Sinead Gibney. I'm not directly involved in, in what's going on in Cabinet, but looking at it from the point of view of Brussels, some days it does look as though uh, we picked the short straw in terms of the uh, huge pressure that's been put on Minister Roderick O'Gorman and his department. And I, I know from speaking to him that his team, his civil servants are working flat out uh, to try and provide the accommodation is needed. But with any of these crises, whether it be the climate crisis or the, the, the challenge of immigration, we need to have a whole government approach. And I absolutely agree with what Sinead is saying. I do see signs that that is happening, but I think it has to be uh, accelerated because we have, oh, uh, oh, I think w- there's 75,000 Ukrainians and about 25,000 uh, uh, um, uh, others have come seeking international protection. And when you say all shoulders need to be put to the wheel, are you saying that some shoulders are not being put to the wheel? Look, to be honest, I I don't have the direct in-government experience uh, of whether that is happening or not. But but I have seen reports uh, that that Minister O'Gorman has been very clear and blunt about what is needed. Uh, And I certainly uh, agree with what I'm hearing, that, that we need to have much more uh, dedication to making sure that we can And, w- and what provide. he was clear and, and blunt on was the ability of the state to provide accommodation and a, a limit of three months being placed on that. Isn't that the case? I, I, I'm not party to the details of that, but uh, clearly we need to both provide for those who have come to Ireland but at the same time, ensure that those who are seeking accommodation from Ireland are also being accommodated. And it is, uh, the system is groaning at the seams uh, at the moment and it is really, really challenging. All right, Michael Healy Ray, you're both a public representative and somebody uh, who has provided accommodation to people arriving from Ukraine uh, in the past. I think the figure reported, and you can uh, tell me if this is up to date, that there was half a million euro drawn down for use of guest houses owned by Utah accommodate Ukrainians. Have you had any uh, communication that the length of time people would spend in facilities would be limited uh, to three months or has that not come as far as you at this stage? Well, just point of clarification, but four decades I've been providing accommodation and in the last uh, year and a half or two years I've been providing accommodation for Ukrainian families also. So, And I, I'm glad to do that. That's part of what I do. I provide accommodation for students, for workers, for families and, uh, and a wide range of people. But just one point of clarification because you can't wrong anybody on a live radio programme. The MEP Kieran Kof gave the impression that I was exaggerating when I said that undocumented people were coming here. In other words, international protection people seeking uh, asylum here. I said a lot of them were coming without documentation and he said it was a very small amount. Well, Department of Justice figures are between January and November of 22. 5,074 people came here with false or no documentation. That was 40% of international protection applicants. Right. So you, when I you, say, when, no, but it's just a, no, it's no, a sh- point because he, he dismissed what I said as if I was exaggerating. Sure. I'm not. I'm going on Department justice figures. All right. And do you, do you accept that some people travelling uh, to seek international protection will have had to have had recourse to people traffickers, that in their home countries they may not have been able to be engaged with officialdom and get the, the correct documents, and that sometimes the people traffickers they use insist on the destruction of documents as part of the conditions of getting them to another country? 
That may very well be the case, but I think I'm perfectly entitled as a member uh, of the Dáil and as a public representative, people say to me, do why do people get on a plane with documentation and then the documentation disappears? Right. And well, that but, does happen. But do you have a responsibility as a public representative to dig into those questions and provide people with answers, such as some of the reasons that I outlined as, as possible grounds oh, for that? Oh, Oh, absolutely. And when I'm saying this, I'm only just stating facts. I, if you take, for example, and I've said this on many occasions, that Roderick O'Gorman, the minister in charge, has a very difficult job because, quite simply, government policy is that these people are coming here, all different categories of people, and they have to be housed. But what my question is, take, for instance, the town that I'm representing here today, where I'm speaking from the Falto Hotel in Killarney. Killarney is, is the... the tourism capital of the world as far as I'm concerned. But recently we've had controversies here because uh, 77 people were coming to what people deemed was an unsuitable location and what they were quite simply saying was the town was full All right. and, and did, it's sorry, like filling a cup uh, with water uh, and did, at times you, you, did, did you, you hold Did you hold a public anymore. meeting and consult with the people in your locality before you accommodated people in the guest houses you own? Well, absolutely. The people. Well, I don't have people. Did you hold? A, did you hold a public meeting? And, did you hold a public meeting and effectively give people over a, v, a veto over who would stay in your guest houses? No, because there was. It wasn't necessary to do so because the amount of well, people were small. Well, did you ask them if it was necessary? And it, was it wasn't an issue. The people that organised. But did you the ask them if it was an issue before you decided it wasn't an issue? The people in Killarney, where we had a meeting, they were concerned because 77 people But why didn't the people in Kilgarvan get a meeting? Well, it wasn't in Kilgarvan. Well, where are the, the guest houses? Well, why didn't oh, the people in, in Tralee? Did in the Tralee. people in Tralee, were they not entitled to a meeting if you believe that people should be consulted beforehand? Well, I really do believe that when the department, and they were Ukrainian families, they weren't international protection, so make the difference. And what people well, what were saying, if you have a family... What, what oh, is there the is difference? A difference. If, and if, what is it? If you have family... I'll tell you what it is. If you have families from the Ukraine that are coming into an area where their children going to school and it's a family type of setup, you have to admit that that is different to 77 single people coming into one location, a location where we don't have enough doctor services for the local people, we don't have the school facilities, and we're running out of but the general are, services. You are, can't, argue, you can't arguably, get a dentist. Arguably people you with school-going children and medical needs are going to put more pressure on those services and perhaps the community would have deserved a greater degree of consultation in that case, whereas people, young, fit men coming from places would put less pressure on schools and on doctors. A local person in Killarney today can't get the services of a GP quite simply because the GPs aren't taking on new right. people. And when you have 77 I people coming to one location, I think people are entitled to question All right, that. I need, I need to, to, to bring well, Mairead Farley. I don't know where to start. Um, so I suppose, first of all, what we were talking about in relation to like what we need is not a, a government approach really is something that you know we've been talking about for a long time um, at this stage and it isn't something that should kind of come um, a, a, as a shock to government either. Um, uh, you know, we've had huge pressures and I think you can't say, like, I think you have to say um, that the housing crisis is inextricably linked in relation to this because obviously if people are in temporary accommodation or trying to move out, it's it's impossible um, as as a result of the um, the housing crisis um, that we're in at this very moment in time. I think in relation to um, what Michael Healy Ray was talking about in relation to services and that the reality is in our cities and in our rural areas, say Connemara, there is 
there's a huge issue in terms of services, but that should be seen as something that the government needs to actually act on. That's something where the government should be like, okay, if we have an issue here where we don't have enough GPs or whatever it may be, well then let's make sure that we provide that um, in general because it's already, you know, so many people in, in areas don't have services, urban and rural, but like, I mean, that should then really be, be looked at in general by uh, government if they're failing in terms of services for, for different communities. Okay, all right. Well, we're going to look for at, uh, services for people uh, with disabilities after this break. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.